Welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 26 of our exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. We appreciate you joining us for this round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. I'm one of your co-hosts, one of the creatures of the night here, and this is not a mind game, people. This is real life. For the first time in 26 episodes, I am joined in person, in the studio, with my friend, my partner, Travis White. Travis, welcome to the house. Thanks, man. In your house, actually. You are in my house. <laughs> yeah, in your house. Ten, exactly. Yeah, it's great, man. We're excited to be able to do this uh, together in person. It's fun. I'm not looking through a Skype screen. So, yeah. yeah, it's good, man. We Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. So, sound quality should be a little better this week. Hope it sounds better. We can't drive. I can't drive five hours every week to record, <laughs> but it just worked out. So It did work out. Travis joined me. We're going to try to record a couple of these. He came up here to uh, wish me happy birthday. I appreciate it, man. Uh, it's going to be fun. Probably still hear my dogs in the background, so uh, they'll be uh, <laughs> co-hosts well. of the podcast today yeah. as well. They watched both these matches, so that mm, we're gonna cover. Yes. Uh, and they watched this one in your house, Mind Games, September 1996, uh, and we are gonna dive into this. Um, we were picking up right after the Boiler Room Brawl, uh, one of the most incredible Undertaker matches of all time, and of course one of the most memorable, one of the most historic because. We are picking up the pieces after Paul Bearer has turned on The Undertaker, has hit him with the urn, has turned his back on him after six years of, of being together, of, of this incredible partnership. And like you said, we're starting the next chapter in this journey. Yep. We're starting the, uh, the Empire Strikes Back part of The Undertaker's career, if you will. Yeah, well, it's like The Empire Strikes Back was the whole big reveal with, you know, Luke, I'm your father, which is actually not the quote. Is no, I'm your father. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, when Bear turns back on him here, and so we're actually kind of getting into the post-Empire Strikes Back, I guess. That was a big moment. We're heading to Return of the Jedi. He's coming out. He's, uh, yeah, he's going to be different Undertaker from now on. We'll see that even the clothes he wears or doesn't wear. Yeah. I wanna, we'll, we'll mention that as we go, which I also would like to throw that back to the Undertaker we just saw on Raw 25. Did not have his hat. Did no. not have his coat. He did not have his gloves on. He, he, was, he had a rope. He had a different rope, yeah. but it wasn't the one he laid down at WrestleMania last year. Mm. So, who knows? By the time this episode drops, we might know something about his WrestleMania plans. Who knows? But uh, anyway, attention detail, always great with Mark Calloway yeah. and Undertaker. It's awesome. We'll talk about that as we get into this episode, or this show as well, In Your House, Mind Games. So, Which is from Philadelphia, which again is timely because the Royal Rumble was just in Philly. And so it was TakeOver and Raw and SmackDown. So, yeah, it's all timing out pretty well here. It all works out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk too much about Raw 25. Uh, we posted some stuff on the Twitter page at Talking Taker. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think our thoughts were pretty much, like everybody else, very confusing, very strange. Uh, we don't know what his promo meant. We're still waiting. Uh, just we haven't seen or heard from him since then uh, at the time of recording this. So uh, WrestleMania is still in play, uh, we imagine. But, yeah, no Hopefully clue. not. Yeah. <laughs> We, we're of the opinion, we hope not, but uh, anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation, <laughs> uh, as uh, Vince Man uh, says. And, constantly. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to take you back to that classic time. Uh, eight, uh, I was going to say less confusing, but there's a lot of confusing stuff with yeah. this match and this build-up time. Uh, as we get into the build for Mind Games. Mind Games in your house. And I love that title for this because that's been the buzzword for since... WrestleMania 12, I've been talking yeah. about mind games. Undertaker's been playing mind games. Mankind's been playing mind games. Goldust has been playing mind games. It makes sense. It's not just 
oh, it's February, it's elimination chamber, right. we have outdoor <laughs> elimination chamber. Yeah. No, Mind Games has been this theme for six months. Even with Diesel. Yeah, that, that was too. words they That's dropped true. mind games back then too yeah. you know so it makes sense that we're having in your house mind games and the matchup for Undertaker uh, doesn't make sense in my opinion because <laughs> Undertaker has gone from this incredible feud with mankind and is gonna bounce into a feud with Goldust like, again <laughs> again yeah. back and forth it, it, it's almost like they're still trying to figure out how to build these month to month interviews yeah so it kind of feels like they don't want to do two months of the same match in a right. row back then. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Like it's like they didn't know they they couldn't put on Taker versus Mankind every month. They felt like that was too much. We'll just do every other month, and yeah. in between we'll stick Goldust in there. Again, he's just a pawn in this chess match. You know, you got going on, which I do appreciate the continuity there. Sure, it's always him, I guess. And there's that weird alliance between him and Mankind we don't really know right. quite yet. Uh, I don't think we still have any idea after this match even. But, um, you know, yeah, they're still learning how to do this every month thing. You know, WCW's been doing it. We're doing it here in WWF in your house. Um, so they're trying to figure out what to do. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, their feud, the build begins with uh, the night after SummerSlam 96, the Raw here and honestly, I mean, we could do a whole podcast about this oh, episode. Absolutely. Raw, there is so much going on here. Uh, it's it's really well done. It's really crazy. Uh, it opens with the video package, and I think um, I think the focus of this video package uh, before Raw starts is just about Undertaker Mayhem. They, yeah. they don't even talk about the WWF Championship no. match. This match is taking precedent uh, precedence uh, over that because uh, it's a huge historic moment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it really is. And then just throughout the night, there's weird sounds, like, throughout the PA system, and, like, the lights keep going down and come back up, and again, it's just, like, casually mentioned on commentary, but they're, well, at first it's casually mentioned, then, the, you know, again, Vince in his subtlety, he can't yeah. help it, but... We're getting a lot of, uh, static down here. Just... This, uh, this type of stuff, we've been having uh, these types of uh, experiences all day, on? ladies and gentlemen. Are we on? Ladies and gentlemen, we apologize. Uh, we're told that, well, we can't find out technically what could happen. What could have happened? I'm telling you, you got to realize this is Wheeling, West Virginia. Yeah, I know where we are. Home of the world's biggest family reunion. Look at these people. Well, I, I still think there's something to this Undertaker. Oh! They have to keep bringing it up. But yeah, it's kind of cool. It just it permeates the entire show, which I guess Raw was it's still an hour back then? It's still just an hour. Yeah, so it's not a long show, but you know, just throughout the night, you have these lights going down and coming back up and stuff, so that's pretty cool. JR says there's been some weird occurrences all day at the arena. Yeah. <laughs> at one point, JR says, like when the feed gets all static and the lights go out, he says his hands are tingling. Like something has <laughs> affected him personally. He's got uh, spina yeah. bifida all of a sudden. <laughs> Spinal stenosis. Well, he's Jim Ross has a lot of health issues. That's so, true. I don't know. Uh, but uh, oh. they say it must be the spirit of the Undertaker. Yeah. Something's going on, and uh, Jerry Lawler's freaking out. Everybody's going crazy. Uh, and then the lights in the arena actually start flickering. Yes. It's originally just like the TV feed, but then the lights in the arena true. go out for a second during Vader's, uh, Vader's intense matchup with Freddie Joe Floyd mm. uh, on this episode of Raw. Oh, Freddie <laughs> Joe Floyd, that was a. Uh... Is that Tracy's, Tracy's mother? Yeah. Yep. Who still wrestles to this day. That's on the independence. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Kudos. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, because again, those of you who don't remember, the night before, if you listen to our last podcast, Undertaker gets carted off by the Druids in a you know, like Jesus Christ pose. Perfect, perfect way to uh, play the Soundgarden right there. That's a phenomenal song by them. But anyway, 
he gets carted off, you know, in like a Christ-like pose. And, uh, yeah, so we haven't heard from him in a night, but there's some strange happenings, and it gives JR um, spinal stenosis, apparently. Yikes. But, uh, anyway, but that leads us all to the, the, the promo, the big promo here between Mankind and, and Paul Bear. So I'll yeah. let you take it away. Well, Paul Bear walks smiling to the ring. Yeah. He's just gloating. Smug. Yeah, very smug. He's just loving being a heel here. Um, and, you know, and they explain it, and... It, I feel like this is one of those terms that actually makes sense. I buy yeah. it, the reasonings behind it, um, you know, because they built a little bit of tension between Paul Bear and Mankind the months before. That so they they've had that going on already, and you know a lot of times when there's heel turns at the end of a match, it can feel like well, why did you wait? To, right. Why, why did you put on this? Uh, put on this act that you were, yeah. that you were still friends with this guy. But I think with Paul Bear. He wasn't sure what he was going to do. Um, right. He has been with Undertaker for so long, but he's seen Mankind rise up and take man, or take Undertaker down. And repeatedly. This, repeatedly. Yeah, over and over again. Uh, become this new powerful force. So I feel like Paul Bearer kind of went into that match not knowing what he was going to do. You know, he if Undertaker uh, was able to dominate, maybe he'd stay with Undertaker. Maybe he wasn't sure what he was going to do. But he saw Mankind, you know, take Undertaker to the limit again and decide he wants to be with him. So he kind of gives that... Explanation says he's been carrying The Undertaker all these years. Why? Because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired! I'm tired of carrying The Undertaker for the last six years all around the world! Leading him to the World Wrestling Federation titles and everything which is just classic wrestling like oh, yeah. promo I mean if you had a dime for every time somebody said that you'd be a millionaire <laughs> sick and tired of being sick and tired so that's classic yeah sick of being abused mm-hmm. you know he says mankind's now in control of the urn well I, I just wrote he's a smug healing it up while mankind talks about his WWF title match because that's what the uh, in mind games uh, mankind's has been uh, granted a title shot to Shawn Michaels so he, this promo is kind of talking about Paul Bear and his Turtle Undertaker, and also building up Mankind's uh, feud. Well, not really a feud, but a, a match with Shawn Michaels. So, but again, as Mankind's talking about that, the title match, he's just man. Paul Bear is such a smug heel in the oh, background. Yeah. He looks awesome. He's, he's loving, yeah. living it up. Um, and Jim Ross is in the ring interviewing him, right. Paul Bear and Mankind. And uh, all of a sudden, again, the lights start to flicker in the arena. JR is screaming, that must be The Undertaker. It's The Undertaker. Paul Bear freaks out. He's screaming, no, that's that's Mankind's presence. You yeah, feel. yeah. He's got the power of the urn now. It can only be him. And then uh, he says, The Undertaker is gone. He has passed away. Yeah. He is not coming back out. Uh, just insist- insistent upon it. But then... Okay, so an urn shot to the head will kill a guy? Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Just power the urn. I man. guess. That's a loaded urn. He <laughs> pulled it out had like a brick inside of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. They say he's dead. We don't know basically. what's inside of it. We don't know what's inside. Yeah. A light? It's been been a flashlight? It's been Could powder? Be. Could have been brick that Yeah. Time. Who knows? Well, then the gong hits. The Undertaker's iconic gong uh, the lights go out. Uh, then the fireflies come out. Bray Wyatt's fireflies <laughs> yeah. came out there. And About, we hear the uh, same druid music from the night yeah, before. That Latin chanting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we know so well. <clears throat> and the druids carry the Undertaker's body back out to the ring. So this is huge production going on. Huge angle going on. 
Mankind is screaming, says that's just the Undertaker's carcass. Yeah. He's not alive anymore. It's a dried up, car- dead carcass, he says. Dried up, dead carcass. That's, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. gross. Uh, and then Barricade, he says it's just a decaying corpse. So yeah, they're just going on and on about how he's dead, and he says his soul has passed away. The maggots and worms are eating his flesh, but they're spitting his flesh out. All this stuff, it's like it's very like graphic and gruesome. But again, they're you know he's a mortician, so well, they're, and they're gloating. Yeah, they they won. They took Undertaker out. They think uh, he's done for. The Undertaker's still not moving. screaming and gloating and all of a sudden Undertaker sits up whips his hair back raises his yeah. hands and then like the flames shoot out of the ring post kind of like Kane like Kane would do the do. next year yeah, yeah exactly or would soon do yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool like I wonder if they got the idea like once Kane did be like hey remember when Undertaker did that because I thought because he did it he actually he throws his hands up once and like nothing happens at first and then like he does it again and that's when everything the power shoots off once they go back and show that in video packages they edit out the first time he lifts his hands up but anyway it's really cool you know because we hadn't seen that before with his character so yeah he's controlling the, the, the fireworks as well so all kinds of supernatural stuff but yeah I just thought it was a cool precursor to Kane as well so oh, yeah. the, the crowd is just electric oh, through yeah. all this I was on the edge of my seat I didn't remember any of this uh, it was awesome. That's awesome. It was really well done. Yeah. Um, Vince McMahon says the Undertaker is more alive than he's ever been. Uh, then Jerry Lawler, I think, said that Paul Bear was sweating Crisco right there. So he <laughs> yeah. got ragu blood and he sweats Crisco. He does. Oh, <laughs> poor man. Yeah. Even as a heel, Paul Bear can't escape the wrath of Jerry Lawler. So. No. But yeah, Paul Bear and Mankind bail out of the ring and Taker's in the ring. And he poses as the crowd's cheering, and uh, I guess it's Vince says it's not over for the Undertaker; it's only just begun. Right. So that's how the show goes off the air, it's I believe. Only just so, begun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, really cool episode of Raw. Really cool wrap up. Uh, you know, next chapter in this story, a wrap up to the night before from what was that? SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Uh, yeah. Into the next, uh, you know, little segue here. Again, we're building up to a. a um, uh, Goldust match here, right. but you wouldn't know that no. based on this episode of Raw. So, um, but I go out of your way to watch this oh, one. Oh, please! You know, yeah, we we talk about the build up uh, because you know we don't expect everybody to go watch it. Right. We want to highlight it, but this one, the awesome, awesome segment. Uh, watch the whole episode of Raw if you want to see all the build up to it. But it was really, really well done, really entertaining. So definitely watch that. It's it's probably better than watching the match. This oh one yeah, we're gonna get to. So I would watch this instead. <laughs> you won't miss anything. But we're gonna yeah. cover it. We're gonna talk about it here. Sure. Uh, as we uh, there are a couple other things happen on the Raws building up to this. Uh, we can go through real quick too. Yeah. Um. On Superstars on uh, September eighth. Yeah, September 8th, uh, Doc Hendricks, is, he actually announces backstage that it's going to be a final curtain match uh, between The Undertaker and Goldust. Um, 
So another new gimmick. Another new gimmick that doesn't mean anything. Final curtain match. Uh, but he does say, he says, there must be a winner by pinfall. That's um, the stipulation. Yeah, and that's the stipulation because in their casket match, Mankind interfered. There wasn't like a clear winner. I mean, Goldust won, but there wasn't, you know, it wasn't just between Goldust and Undertaker. And then their next match was... Uh, when Mankind came out from under the ring. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't a winner there. It's it, been shenanigans so, yeah. in both of their matches. Lots of, yeah, shenanigans is a great word. So yeah, Doc Hendricks, uh, best job on the planet. Uh, <laughs> and backstage announcing the final curtain match. Uh, there must be a winner by pinfall. Again, uh, yeah, we'll see how that plays in later. And then there's a Goldust promo. How do you write an obituary for a man that's been dead for 30 years? Here at the win in 1960. How do you write it, you ask? What's the golden ink I answer? That's right, Grim Reaper. The old bit will be written when I drop the final curtain upon your black soul. He just throws out some movie puns and says you'll never forget the name Goldust. So, again, Marlene is smoking on her giant stogie next to him. And, uh, yeah, this is a short little promo there. Yeah. And then, um, Which leads to the next night of Raw. Fantastic match. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, main event anywhere in the country, Undertaker... <laughs> Got, uh, trying to end the undefeated streak <laughs> of hot young upstart Salvatore Sincere, which I, I don't know if you remember him, but his gimmick was that he his last name was Sincere, but yes. he was actually a very insincere person. Oh, you know, yeah. very subtle the paradoxical uh, storytelling here. <laughs> um, and if you don't remember that, uh, be thankful. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I had to look up who he was again, man. I forgot he even existed. Tom Brandy. Yeah, Tom Brandy, man. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's Tom Brandy because I forgot. the main event of Monday Night Raw. And, I mean, God bless the entertainer. He gives Sal Sincere a lot of He offense. did. It's he like did. a 15-minute match for some bizarre reason. I don't know why he didn't just squash him. <laughs> yeah, I have no seconds. idea. But, yeah, it's a long match that announcers are trying to get over. <laughs> Sal Sincere is a tough competitor for yeah. the What a joke. But it is cool. Like there is something we said here because it is the main event, um, and Kevin Kelly is on commentary. Those of you who watch New Japan or Ring, Ring of Honor, Kevin Kelly is your commentator there. Yeah. But uh, he was commentating for WWF back here in '96, which is phenomenal. Good for him. But uh, I couldn't stand him back. No, then. I never. I mean, he's he's better now. Yeah. Never been one of my favorites, but I definitely no, didn't like him back then. Not at all. But um, he he points out here, um. As Undertaker walks to the ring for this match against old good old Sal Sincere, he says there's no hat, no coat, no urn, and mm-hmm. no Paul Bear. Mm-hmm. So it's all a new Undertaker. You know, he, again, he has none of those iconic things that we've come to know these last six years, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, astute observation by old, yeah. you know, old Double K, Kevin Kelly there. Uh, is that Kelly, Kelly's dad? Oh, could be. Could be. Second generation uh, superstar. Yeah, but he walks to the ring, he being Undertaker, walks to the ring with a a purpose. I mean, he comes out and he just immediately attacks Sal. Yeah. You know, but again, and, uh, you know, he does give Sal way more, uh, uh, offense than you, you thought, thought he would. But, but at the end of the match, he, between the choke slam and tombstone, uh, at the end of the match, JR says, this may be what's in the store for gold dust at in your house mind games. Mm. And that's pretty much sums up your build up. There's not much. The there's another undertaker promo the next week on raw that he yeah. cuts. But, yeah, there's no, like, real interaction between Undertaker and Goldust building up this match, um, which, again, shows you it's kind of an afterthought yeah. here. Um, but I will say that you know, Paul Bear and Mankind are all over these shows. They have yeah. a lot going on. So Paul Bear is, um, 
is elevating mankind. Mankind has been elevated from this feud with Undertaker uh, mm-hmm. into the main event. Ma- Mind Games is all about him. You know, his mask is part of the logo, so we're we're seeing a yeah. lot of focal point on him, which is you wouldn't have expected that. You know, as we talked about Mankind coming into the company, he was yeah. not a golden boy or anything. He had like an uphill battle. Yeah, yeah, but he's become a huge focal point very quickly uh, in a I very mean, similar way that the Undertaker did. Think about he came in and. April 1st, right? Mm-hmm. It's five months later. So who else besides like a... I mean, Brock Lesnar did. But he was like a young stud. like Very few. Like not a lot of guys. And Kurt Angle. But like, that's some great company to be in. Yeah. As, and you're Mick Foley. And you, you know, you look like you look like. You know, you're not a Brock Lesnar or a Kurt Angle. You look like Mick Foley. So exactly. that's... I mean, good, good job to Mick Foley for this. Because um, he, man, he puts everything into these promos and stuff. He is... Man, promo class and performance they should watch Mick Foley at oh, this absolutely. point in I mean, his life. He's so and, good. And wrestling class too. Because yeah. like you talk about people that made a sacrifice for the business. I mean, no one more so than Mick Foley. And we could debate on whether he was smart to do right, that. Right. I'm sure right. he I'm sure he'll be the first one to tell you he has regrets about right. things he did to his body and he might not do certain things again, but we'll I We'll see that in our next match as oh, we cover as well. Sure. <laughs> But he gives everything, and you have yeah. to respect that. Oh, yeah. You may go back watching it thinking, oh, man, you didn't have to do that, but you got to respect him for doing that, his complete commitment oh, to yeah. what he's doing. Hey, everyone should watch that. I'm not yeah. saying everyone needs to be taking cheer no. shots or taking unprotected bumps anymore, but no. uh, you want to see that sort of passion and commitment oh, yeah. to what, he, what you're doing. Absolutely. Sure. Um, and also, I just want to point out, too, like, the fo- so the focal point of Raw and Daredevil at this time is you got this Undertaker Mankind thing again it stretches over every other month we're gonna have a match you got Sean in the main event Bret Hart's gone and then you got this fake Razor and fake oh, Diesel yeah. stuff we'll and, J- and JR yeah. is turning heel kind of subtly you know which is weird I think hadn't he been fired two, two or three times at mm-hmm. this point like mm-hmm. legit because we don't see him very much until you know quite recently in our podcast here we've been seeing him more on these pay-per-views but He'd been fired a couple times, and this is when they're bringing the whole fake razor, fake diesel back, and I think that'll come in later on after this, after this set of tapings and this okay. match, we, we get to actually them. But they're still putting the seeds there. Jr. is going to bring him back to the WWF, and it's just, man, it's so lame. It's it so because on the other show on WCW, you got the actual NWO, the actual right. razor, actual diesel, a heel Hulk Hogan going up against Sal Sincere and Undertaker. You know, like. Just shows the difference between the two companies at this time, and there's no wonder they're gonna butts kick. And what's to come in October and November of '96, Daredevil will turn around a little bit because they got this young stud named Stone Cold Steve Austin. But um, but anyway, yeah, it just goes to show the difference. We've been talking about that a little bit these last few podcasts, how different the companies are at this point. So you know, you'd think they'd learn their lesson from the whole fake Undertaker thing. Yeah, what a, what a bomb that yeah. was. Yeah, we and covered that. This Undertaker, I mean, the fake Diesel, fake Razor Moan. It's like a huge focal point of Raw for the next month, and a huge part of the pay per views. Yeah, and everything is which is like. I, I mean, uh, I think everyone remembers that, but yeah. you got to go back and watch these Raws. It is a one of the major yeah, storylines. Exactly. It's not just this thing they threw out there. It yeah, was, that's why I wanted to point it out. Company around yeah. those guys. Two guys that weren't there. Which is just <laughs> insane. Um, yeah. Which is amazing. TNA's been in existence for what, 16 years, and they've never once mentioned them on TV. But like WCW took two of their guys, and they they built a whole angle around yeah. two guys that left. Like, 
they never mentioned TNA. Like at this point, just, come on, man, just get past it. But whatever. And of course, it's hilarious that uh, Kane is, of course, fake Diesel yes. tied into that. <laughs> yeah. Not... See, it all comes around the Undertaker. It so. does. Yeah. It does. Um, but that leads us to the actual show in Philly. Here we got September twenty second, ninety six, from Philadelphia. Again, wonderful wrestling town. Great wrestling crowd. Oh, absolutely. Always. Um, and the. Uh, Commentary team, we got Mr. Perfect, uh, Jim Ross, and Mr. Man again, which yep. we've seen that a lot. Yeah. I don't remember them having uh, as many shows, being on as many shows. Yeah, as I'm surprised again. Kind of, com- kind of common. Yeah. Um, and the uh, video package opening the show is again uh, kind of split between um, Undertaker Goldust and Mankind HBK. So yeah. again, you're showing. Undertaker's not in the title picture, but, but he's he the is second featured match. Top from the guy. Top. Yeah, and we keep harping on that since day one of this podcast, you know. Um, and di- you know, the you, you mentioned that Mankind was in the like the build up to the or, like his 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 mask is on the little skull or whatever. Like back, you look at it now; those computer graphics are kind of cheesy. But like back then, it's '96. Like really cool. Toy Story just came out a year before, and that was the first computer graphic like movie of all time. Yeah. So like. Dirty F production was like pretty on top of things at that point, you know? They were ramping it up, for um, sure. You know, some of their little promos and music videos were what they were, but, th- you know, I was like, that's pretty cool. Then, like, have the job. computer graphic stuff and, and, and incorporate Mankind's mask into it, so. And again, he gets his own theme pay-per-view kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of all about him, so. And we'll see that next month with Undertaker, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the first of many to come, so. Well, I, I will tell you this, too. This, um... <laughs> It's a two-match show. Uh, it's, yeah. it's built on those two matches. Ooh. And it, this show uh, this show sucks. <laughs> I watched the whole show because I've never seen it. I've never I've seen the main event. Yeah. I mean, it's on like all sorts of DVD releases. Yeah. It's a classic it's match. It's so good. Uh, incredible match. I've never seen the rest of the show, and there's a reason why. It's <laughs> really bad. Like, Jim Cornette wrestles on this show against Jose Lothario. They're both... Yeah, Jose's like 60. <laughs> Jerry Lawler wrestles Mark Henry oh, in Mark Henry's word. very first match ever. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a strap match between Justin Bradshaw yeah. and Savio Vega, which was added on the pre-show. Yep. So <laughs> those are the only other matches besides Undertaker Goldust and Mankind Shawn Michaels. I mean, Yeah, they do yes. billionaire Ted skits about the old guys in WCW. <laughs> Meanwhile, you got Cornette. And whoever else you just yeah, said, the old guys, Jose Lawler Lothario. and Jose Lothario. Yeah. Older than anybody. <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. So I'm sure, I didn't check out the virate for this show, but I'm sure it was, I mean, if it was anything, it was because of the main event and mm-hmm. the, the sub-main event, you I, know. And the main event makes the show. I oh, mean, man. It, it saves the show. Yeah. Um, go out of your way. Absolutely. I forgot how many iconic, like, moments were mm-hmm. just from that match, you know. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to talk about that. But it is a great match. But um, right before this match, the Undertaker-Mankind match, we um, get an announcement from Vince McMahon. We already know that Undertaker's got a match next week yeah. in, in a crazy match against Man Guy. Wasn't yeah. that weird? Yeah, it was strange. And they, they, he did mention, though, he said, um, Vince, 
he said that uh, if if mankind wins a title, it will be a championship match. Yeah. No, no, no. He said it won't be because it's an unsanctioned, unsanctioned. match. Yeah, I apologize. Very first unsanctioned match. Oh yes, a very first unsanctioned match. Again, that's coming up on our next episode podcast. But yeah, they're building toward that again. It's just like imagine. Can you imagine if we Royal Rumble uh, this past week or two weeks ago, whatever? Uh, you know, during a match, come out. Uh, they'd be like, oh yeah, by the way, next month is going to be this match. Doesn't yeah. matter what happens here tonight. Exactly. Like, there's no stakes at all. Like, uh, it's just crazy to think about. So, anyway, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, Vince announces the first buried alive match for next pay per view. The WWF title won't be up for grabs if he mankind wins because it's unsanctioned. But uh, there's a, again, there's a cool promo before this match recapping all the goings on since April. Yeah, you know, everything since April 1st that has happened between Mankind and Goldust and Undertaker. Um, so again, for those of you taking notes at home, this is a final curtain match, which means... <laughs> yeah, tell them what that means. Pinfalls only. This is a no disqualification, no count out match. Yeah, I mean, why? Keep that in mind. <laughs> no DQ, no count out, pinfall only. Yeah, because the... The referee uh, forgets that. The, the referee did not get that memo. <laughs> referee, uh, might I'm not be sure the same, anybody did. Yeah, might be the same guy from uh, New Japan. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. Undertaker and Goldust I don't think... Memo either. I don't think anybody got that memo, man, except for commentary, because Vince <laughs> Vince is the one that says it. So, yeah, no DQ, no count out. It's uh, very similar to the rest in peace match between yeah. Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez, where <laughs> it was like they had, they just, <sighs> they said it's going to be this special yeah. match, and they couldn't figure out anything exactly. special to do with it. So it's just, <laughs> a they, they just throw a name on it to yeah. maybe help pop the buy rate or anything. Exactly. Um, but, yeah. Um, Undertaker comes out, uh, Mankind comes out. Goldust um, first. Goldust comes out first, Goldust, yeah. yeah and then that's what I mean. Uh, Goldust got the jobber entrance. He did. He was already in the ring yeah. after that video package. Yeah, he was. Um, I do like, uh, I don't remember if it was in the video package or what, but or it was a commentary I just wrote down. Somebody said, you know, can this betrayal possibly be linked to Goldust? Maybe yeah. Kind of, has he perpetrated the ultimate? Right. Yeah. Has he the mastermind behind this? Trying to give some sort of yeah, storyline yeah. to this matchup. But, you know, it can, you can make some sense out of right. that because they've had this Mommy. interaction with each other. Um, as Undertaker's coming out, JR says that the Undertaker has sequestered himself in a private locker room for the entire day. Um, <laughs> which, I thought he stayed in his casket. I know, I thought he lived in the casket, <laughs> yeah. according to Diesel. You know, that Maybe was that's his... what he meant by a private locker Maybe room. Maybe so. So since April, or March, he's had a private casket. But I will say, you know, they would never have said that back in 92, 93, 94. You right. know, Because he still had that aura of that phenom, that mystique about him. You know, But here we have him, and again, we mentioned... Uh, he's being more human. You know, I keep saying more human than human. Yeah, he's he's got that more human uh, qualities to him. So I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, again, it, it would have been out of character for, to hear that on commentary from Vince or Heenan back in the day. But hearing it here, it didn't really you know cause me to turn my head as much because right. like, it made sense. Because again, yeah. he is more human, and he comes out here with no hat, no coat. Again, it's um, all business. All business, man. Party in front. I had nothing. Never mind. Forget it. Scratch that. Uh, he gets up on the ring apron and he raises the light. So yeah, he doesn't come up. Different. Yeah, a little different. He's changing up his entrance a little bit since Split with Bear. Again, I love these nuances. And I love picking out the things that he changes and that he's, he keeps the same since 1990. It's really cool. But yeah, he doesn't have to take... There's no bear there to take his hat off, take his you know, coat off or anything. Still got the purple gloves and the purple yeah. boot covers. So I appreciate that. 
Yeah, he walks right in the rain, just dead, just gold dust, <laughs> like, immediately. Yeah. I love that. that. I love this new Undertaker. He just doesn't give a crap. He just <laughs> no. goes right after him. All business. Yeah, man. Uh, he tosses him around to start the match. Uh, hits his typical offense: leg drop, uh, big boots, suplex. Yeah. <clears throat> commentators are, of course, noting how much more aggressive he is. Yeah. Um, they're talking about gold dust. Uh, they use this word multiple times. His histrionics. Yeah, that was the word of the day. This yeah, week. I love Vince's word of the day. I love figuring out Vince's words of the week. Like for these episodes we do. Like he's got a word of day calendar. Oh yeah. He just tries to throw that in. Yeah, histrionics. They said it like at least five times, and I'm just like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, I'm probably studying for the SAT. I would know that word, but like, come on, man. Which one of your casual fans are gonna know what histrionics means? I so. know. They don't know. But anyway, I do want to mention, too, like before he, get, he hits that suplex, um, that ver- big vertical suplex from Taker, but um, Goldust hits that uh, apron stunner. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a stunner. And then... Pulls um, Undertaker's moves. Yeah, pulls out one of Taker's moves. But he did on the... Uh, the yeah, he does on the apron, or he, Mankind did to him at the at the barroom or barroom brawl, the boiler room brawl, barroom brawl would be APA. Yeah. But uh, anyway, but Marlena comes over and she slaps Undertaker in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the camera doesn't quite catch it as good as they are as they were used to. But she does slap him across the face, which is kind of cool to see her, you know, get involved there because we saw her in the uh, the other match they had. She got in the way of him of Goldust and, and yeah. Undertaker. And he didn't retaliate or he didn't attack her, obviously. But, yeah, she slaps him right here. And then, yeah, that's when he does that giant suplex. And, yeah, you said commentary mentions how aggressive he is. Uh, it's something that we've both been noting the last, you know, this past year, basically. Basically since the Diesel and Bright Heart matches in the beginning of the year. So, goes for old school, uh, hits it, and then uh, hits gold dust over the top rope. And uh, at this point, is Marlena becomes involved a little bit more here. She does. She's got her purse or, or bag or something, and, and it's got gold dust, gold dust in there <laughs> yeah. in the bag that we've seen him use before. That's more than to use again. Yeah. And I'm glad he's pulling it out. Uh, his trademark gold dust. Uh, and, uh, Marlena again distracts Undertaker. Undertaker picks her yeah. up by her elbow. Yeah. Like, I mean, she probably weighed 100 pounds, but uh, it's that. still pretty yeah. impressive. And then gold dust. Tosses the dust uh, into his eyes. Uh, <laughs> You'd have thought Undertaker got a firecracker shot in his eyeballs when he gets hit with yeah, it. Like he sells, he it. sells it so well. Like you, it looked like an M80 went off in his eyeball or something. Like, yeah, he's on the ground rolling. Like, but it's not overdoing it. Like, right. Some guys nowadays would just completely overdo it, but he sells it so well, man. And it, and it, it turns the match right there. That's where Goldust is able to get his heat at that point. Jim Ross says Goldust went to the most vulnerable part of Undertaker's body, his eyes. <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> well, was I mean, most come, vulnerable part of the body, but the facial area. We've mentioned that. Yeah. Earlier, uh, the, he had the mask on at the beginning of the year, so That's I guess, true. You know, I guess it we're is all, vulnerable there. I w- um, you think he had that in mind, like his face had been crushed, or he just say it? No, <laughs> we're trying too hard to connect the dots. Yeah, Jim Ross <laughs> just doing what he can. Yeah, um, and <laughs> that gold dust it goes everywhere. It's yeah. all over the ring. It gets all over the yeah. It gets all over mankind. It's on Shawn Michaels later. Yeah, entire match. <laughs> uh, I bet he was pissed about that. Oh but, yeah, uh, you know it was funny to see that and. Here's where it becomes clear that Tim White, who's Ugh. the referee here, did not get the memo about being no DQ or no count. <laughs> I wonder if I'm related to Tim he White. Maybe somewhere down I hope the line. Because so. <laughs> um, these two guys are fighting outside of the ring, and he starts counting them. I know. He starts counting them out. Goldust even breaks the count. <laughs> he rolls point, in and rolls and back comes out. Back out. <laughs> it's his pinfall only. Exactly. They have made, they have made that the point this yeah. entire time, but they're still getting. Counted out out there. Uh, clearly didn't know what was going on here. Yeah, so, that really sucks. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. There's 
I have no idea why. I have nothing to say because it's just you gotta get everybody on the same page, man. You would think. But nowadays they have headpieces in, so I don't know if they didn't back then or not, but they would have immediately gotten a note from backstage area from Bruce Pritchard something yeah. that said like you know what quit you doing, doing that yeah um, or you just push him down like Jericho did in the New Japan match but he did it too when they uh, yeah. started fighting in the corner later on he's, he's counting like the, counting yeah. one two three like get out of the corner yeah. and they do like they listen to it yeah it's no. just, like, <laughs> it was weird I didn't understand what is the point of being no DQ yeah it doesn't make sense but Goldust does keep attacking the eyes and face at this point and I did one note here, man. At this part when he's in control, we get a rest in peace chance. Yep. Which you know, like we keep saying, like you know, Paul Bear's out there orchestrating the Mister Bear's opus. You know, well he's not there to do that this time. So you know, these are the fans taking it on themselves to chant rest in peace, which I thought was pretty cool. Because again, I just kind of assumed it's been Paul Bear like building it up, but no, these fans are taking it upon themselves. Again, it's a rabid Philadelphia fan base. Um, yeah, very true. But uh, anyway, yeah, Goldust taunts some more, and that leads to Taker. Uh, finally taking over some control. He does some, some shoot boxing, man, in the corner, just going bananas on him. Just And then it goes a little back and forth after that. And uh, Goldust goes up to the top rope. Yeah. Which is, I mean, come on. You're not, not his uh, yeah. no-fly zone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He goes up there, and he gets an ugly choke slam from the top rope. It's not quite as crisp as that one that uh, Stone Cold took. Stone or the, yeah. Uh, but he gets an ugly choke slam off the top rope. Undertaker does the throat slash, huge pop from the Philly crowd. And then uh, it's almost the end of the match, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Um, what else do I got? Um, at one point, though, I did notice they're in the corner doing something, and I think Goldust tells Tim White at one point. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you can tell he says something to him uh, while he's punching him in the corner, and, and then Tim White doesn't do that. He yeah. lets him do some choking him in the ropes and do some stuff. Yeah. Um, but they don't they don't take advantage of well, no yeah. that the gold. Dust in the face didn't have to be a distraction, but I th- right? It didn't have to be a distraction, but I think that's literally the only thing they did that yeah. was no DQ. No they could chair no chairs, shots, no ring bell, tables, nothing, no, no interference, no TLC, right? yeah, nothing. Besides Marlena, they really didn't take advantage of this being yeah. no DQ, which I guess you know the main event gets pretty crazy. Maybe sure, they weren't trying to do a lot of that stuff, but yeah, it feels true. like after the buried, uh, excuse me, the uh, boiler room brawl was so crazy. Yeah, it's a little tame. They don't, yeah, they don't take advantage of this, even though they built it up as being no DQ. But, yeah, um, that's true. I didn't think about that. I mean, I, I did think about, I remember I was like, why does Marlena have to be, dis- why does the ref need to be distracted right. from Marlena they to give him the stuff because no it didn't make sense. Here. Yeah, they were just all on the wrong page, but again, don't want to discredit the, the performers in the ring. They're doing what they can, but yeah, yeah. Because I was wondering, because there's that ugly choke him off the top, and then the throat slash, and then we hit the tombstone, basically, and that's it. There's no, there's no, <laughs> that's, that's the match. It is ten minutes, ten minutes and twenty three seconds, and huge tombstone. It was a good, a good tombstone. He pins him with the classic pose, but that's it. Came out of nowhere, but um, I will say it was a much needed, decisive victory yeah. Oh, yeah. for the Undertaker because, you know, he is still, he's still over yeah. as much as anybody. He's still a huge star. But he hasn't had a big win since WrestleMania. It's true. Uh, yeah. On paper, Five months. at least. He technically won uh, against Goldust uh, in their last match. Yeah. Um, but he lost to Goldust in the first casket match. Lost to Mankind, the King of the Ring. True. It was a cheap finish at, what was that paper? July. International Incident. International Incident. Lost to Mankind. Lost to Bret Hart at the beginning uh, of the year, too. Lost to Bret Hart. He needed a big win, especially as the feud with Mankind is going to continue yeah, here, going into it. He needed a big win. He needed to end this feud with Goldust, and he gets that decisively, no shenanigans at all. Yeah. Um, 
That was kind of nice. But I just wrote, like, honestly, the end is anticlimactic, or climatic, whatever the word is. And he, you know, it just comes yeah, out of nowhere, and there it is. But um, Did you notice the, uh, we've talked about the casket cam often. Did you notice the turnbuckle cam? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's like on the second, the middle turnbuckle. Yeah. It's like down below. New innovation here yeah. for yeah. Jagger's match. <laughs> <laughs> Good turnbuckle cam. Yeah, I wrote that down, too. It's funny. But, um... Vince mentions so in commentary, probably what everyone was thinking. He says that he thought mankind would pop up or interfere. Right. Well, but did, yes. Go, did you watch the man then? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. We but, do um, need to talk about that. Yeah, but he thinks that mankind's going to interfere in this match, which I, I guess, I guess, I can't remember if they said maybe he's so focused on his main event match or whatever, but anyway, he does not interfere here. He does not. However, yes, we got to talk about the main event of this show because it does involve The Undertaker. Yes. Uh, Paul And Paul Bearer, of course. We, we probably won't talk about. Everything Paul Bear related as we no, continue on, yeah. but uh, they will intertwine a lot more uh, as we continue on here. Anyway, Paul Bear is managing Mankind as he's fighting Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship. Um, Paul Bearer and the Druids bring out a fancy new casket to the yeah. ring as this match begins. Uh, and, and Paul Bear brings the urn out. Uh, Jericho Paul Bear, the inspirational leader of Mankind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, Mankind pops out of the casket. To start the match, and if you've been following this podcast at all, I think you know exactly what's going to happen <laughs> yeah. here. If there's a casket left at the ring for the entire. If it's butted up against the match, edge of the apron of the ring, yeah, you know it's going to happen. You know what's going to yeah. happen here. Um, and it, you, if you, uh, whatever you think is going to happen is exactly what happens here. Yeah. Uh, as the match ends, the. Um, did Shawn Michaels win clean, or was it? Was the no, so he was. Vader misses his mark. Remember, he doesn't come yes, in early enough. It's that's an right. epic, like, backstage story, like, been told for years. So, yeah, he's about to win, but then Vader's supposed to interfere, like, on the two count. He, Sean has him, he has, he has Mankind clean pin, one, two, and then he gets up off of him and attacks Vader, which is a stupid move, especially if you're Bay Bay, you just take the win. But it's because Vader ran in late. So, Vader comes out. Uh, and interferes, and then Sid comes out, yeah. I believe, and interferes as well, and they're kind of battling each other, and then, and then the uh, old casket that was casket dropped. opens, and Undertaker pops out of the casket yes. this time, and gets uh, to go after mankind, and that's how the show goes off the air. Yeah. It's a big wild brawl. Uh, everybody's fighting. Mankind's fighting Undertaker. Shawn Michaels fighting Sid, Vader. Everybody's fighting. And it's all the build up to In Your House Buried Alive the very next month. Yeah. Mankind and Undertaker in the first ever unsanctioned WWF matchup. Uh, they're, they're pushing it hard on this pay-per-view already for the next yeah. month's pay-per-view. <laughs> trying to sell tickets to it. Uh, the big selling point is they're going to build a, a graveyard yes. in the uh, Market Square Arena or whatever I think that's what yeah it was. In, in Indianapolis yeah <laughs> so yeah that I'm sure everyone has a lot of memories of that uh, we have a ton to talk about with that match and this one is really just a stepping stone to yeah. get there but it does wrap up the Undertaker Goldust yeah. feud that has played a big um, it's been a bit it's been the undercurrent to sure. the, uh, mankind Undertaker feud so it's cool to see it wrapped up Undertaker get a big win and. The first, last, and only, I believe, final curtain <laughs> match, to my yeah. knowledge. That well, unless we run across some more, but yeah, I don't remember. We're not doing talking gold dice here, but not yet. We we may <laughs> next. Um, but yeah, it is cool that this this feud has played out so long. You know, I I do think that because nowadays everything's so fast paced, fast paced, and 
feuds get blown off in a month. Here it's gone on for five months, you know, actual five months, not like Todd Pattengill incorrectly said last month. But <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's cool. Again, Goldust just a bump in the road. It was good. He had a decisive win, like you said. Undertaker needed that. Um, but yeah, we're this is all to to build to the next pay per view. So <laughs> it might as well have been episode Monday Night Raw. Yeah, so, okay, could have honestly, been. especially yeah. with the crap undercard matches. <laughs> so, but the main event was great as well. Uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah, well, we want to hear your thoughts on it. We hope you watched it, and uh, we want to hear your opinion. Uh, if you're going along on this journey with us, you can let us know at all the usual places, at Talking Taker on Twitter, Talking Taker on Facebook. You can give us a like uh, or a subscription uh, on all those things. Uh, give us a subscription on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Podomatic, all those places. Give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. And how about this? We would love for you to go follow us on Instagram. We are on Instagram now at Talking Taker. We're going to be putting screenshots, some uh, great old school photos from these matches on Instagram, uh, some stuff uh, from the other things going on on Raw and in the WWF from that age. Uh, I love seeing uh, some of these. I follow a bunch of Instagrams that have a lot of old WWF stuff on there. It's fun to see. So we're going to add to that. I try to post some videos on there. So if you want to see that in the build-up to these matches, we would love for you to go follow us on Instagram as well. Talking Taker. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And you can follow me if you want, at Alex Dorio. I'm on all those things as well. And Travis is not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what we got. So if you were there, if you were in Philly this night, if you were there for Mind Games, we want to hear about it. I don't think anyone's taking us up on that yet in 26 episodes. come on. But we're waiting to hear from somebody. I know the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer were there because they were, uh, ECW was starting their relationship with... WWE at this point, WWF, and they're actually in the front row, I believe, at the beginning of the match matches. But anyway, um, yeah, if you're there, please let us know. Someone's got to come through one day. Eventually. We got about a hundred and hundred and something more matches to go, so hopefully somebody will do that. But uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. Oh my God, King the Undertaker is here, and he's he's more alive than he has ever been. And on one thing, Paul Bear was sweating Frisco up there. He better get out of town while he's still got a chance, or he'll be the one taking the big dirt.